Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. General Motors CEO and chair Mary Barra says the UAW strike did not need to happen. She says she's been directly involved in negotiations and that the company is well prepared to keep things running during this work stoppage. Here's Barra speaking Friday on Bloomberg. I will say we're ready for this, you know, as we've dealt with uh, COVID and dealt with the semiconductor shortage, as well as other supply chain challenges that have, uh, you know, continued to persist from COVID. Our team knows how to manage these situations. They're staying agile and we're going to do what's right for the company. We're going to make sure everyone stays safe. The United Auto Workers began the strike against the big three car makers on Friday. It's an unprecedented move that could launch a costly showdown over wages and job security. The union has about 150,000 members at GM, Ford and Stellantis. UAW says that it wants a share of corporate profits which have surged since the last contract was signed. Mary Barra said that GM's latest offer, which includes 20% raises over four years, cost of living allowances, and boost to existing pensioners, well, all that together marks and makes it the best in the 115-year history of the company. Europe is pushing back against an influx of Chinese EVs. German, German Foreign Minister Anna Lena Baerbock says the EU must reduce its reliance on China. She also supports the EU's investigation into the subsidies Beijing provides its EV industry. If you're bound too uh, closely, it can endanger yourself, especially if uh, you are having such a high dependency. No decoupling, because you cannot decouple in an interconnected uh, world. So um, being a partner in climate issues, being a competitor, obviously, with China with new technology, but also seeing that we are systematic rivals and we have to protect uh, our own vulnerability. That is German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbach. By the way, the EU's anti subsidy probe could lead not only to tariffs on made-in-China EV imports, it may spark a bit of retaliation from Beijing as well. Now, the EU says the probe will be discussed with Chinese officials during a high-level visit to China in the next week. And Chinese developer Country Garden faces two more deadlines today. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. Country Garden bondholders will have until 10 p.m. Beijing time to vote on a proposal to stretch payments by three years. If they reject it, the developer would need to pay about $68 million of outstanding principal next month. This would be its largest near-term maturity, just as it struggled to make smaller payments. The developer already got approval to extend repayments on seven other notes. There's also about $15 million of interest due on a dollar security that matures in 20 In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Chinese authorities have detained some staff members of China Evergrande Group. The story from Bloomberg's Baniao in Hong Kong. 
China has launched an investigation into Evergrande's wealth management unit. This is a sign that the defaulted developer has entered a new phase involving the criminal justice system. No charges were disclosed, and the official statement did not say how many people are in custody. Only one of the detainees, surnamed Du, was mentioned. Police have called on investors to provide any leads to authorities. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie L. Bloomberg Radio. Well, the Federal Reserve will be very much in focus this week, along with a number of earnings reports. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. This week, we hear from FedEx, General Mills, and Darden Restaurants, and investors will be focusing on how they are dealing with higher input prices and weaker customer spending. David Lefkowitz is head of Equities Americas at UBS Financial Services. The earnings recession looks like it's over. It looks like we're, we're going to be returning to earnings growth here in the third quarter. Um, that's certainly, I think, the message we were getting from it's been conference season, a lot of companies out talking to investors. You know, sounds like it's more status quo, no big change in the in the environment. Also reporting this week, AutoZone and KB Home in New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Doug, at the macro level, even at this stage, investors simply don't know whether the Fed has already done enough or whether or not there's more work to be done. And even the Fed, you know, with the expected pause this week, seems to suggest that they need to see more. So that's one big macro story that we'll be talking with our guests about. And also, I wanted to mention that it became even clearer last week that foreign investors are fleeing China. So what does this mean for China's decoupling from the rest of the world? Is that an example? Uh, so there's a lot to put to our guests upcoming. Parker Roy will join us, Chief Revenue Officer at Axis Capital. Well, to your point about the Fed, Brian, I think that's why this week's dot plot projections are going to be all the more important. A couple of key issues here, not the least of which is whether or not the Fed is going to maintain expectations for one more rate hike by the end of the year. And secondly, how much easing? is going to be penciled in by the end of 2024. Yep, it sets up as a very interesting uh, week for more the uh, the commentary than it does for whatever they exactly do. All right, now it's time for global news. U.S. and Chinese officials have met in Malta through the weekend uh, with the goal of keeping communication lines open. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, exactly right, Brian. Uh, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan with Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi discussed a possibility of a Xi-Biden meeting, and it comes at a time when tensions between the two have reached a high point. Wang is scheduled to visit Moscow for talks this week. He and Xi are skipping the U.N. General Assembly in New York, and Xi and Biden are positioned to meet at the APEC summit in San Francisco this November. Donald Trump making an appearance on NBC's Meet the Press today is heard on Bloomberg, very wide-reaching. Uh, he hasn't stopped the name-calling, referring here to prosecutors and, and judges in the case. These people are thugs, horrible people, fascists, Marxists, sick people. They've been after me from the day I came down the escalator with Melania. And saying that he would solve the Ukraine invasion, first with Putin. I would get him into a room, I'd get Zelensky into a room, then I'd bring them together and I'd have a deal worked out. I would get a deal worked out. And claiming still that the 20 election was rigged and saying that his asking for votes in Georgia doesn't mean anything. But listen to this question. Did he admit here that he lost the election? Are you saying you needed those votes in order to win? Are you acknowledging you didn't win? I'm not, not acknowledging, no, I say I won the election. And extrapolated to the election as a whole. You what needed to, to, to have a I needed a very small, I think somebody said 22,000 votes. To win? 
Yeah. If you divided among the states, it was 22,000 votes, something to, to that effect. Yeah. To win the election? Yeah, if I would have had another 22,000 votes over the whole... But look, they rigged the election. <laughs> and at one point told new moderator Kristen Welker that she would never succeed at the job. Meanwhile, German Foreign Minister Annalena Barbeck says that uh, Europe would be better prepared if Trump returned to the White House. She has been in the U.S. ahead of the U.N. General Assembly talking with Republicans because she says Trump did some things that surprised all of Europe the first time around. I would say hardly anybody in Europe could imagine there would be a U.S. president who would question NATO because this is uh, for us U Europeans uh, also our life insurance. So obviously many, many things uh, back in time was a, were a total shock and this was also something I, for example, mentioned in the discussions I had with uh, Republicans. Uh, she says Trump did some things that were, well, more than irritating. UAW President Sean Fain today, while saying talks thus far this weekend have been productive, the move by Stellantis to offer 21% wage increase apparently will not work. Fain on CBS as heard on Bloomberg, says their demand is still 40%. You know, our demands are just, we're asking for our fair share in this economy and the fruits of our labor. So 21% is a no-go for you? It's definitely a no-go, and we've made that very clear to the companies. And he uh, made an attack on GM CEO Mary Barra's $29 million annual salary. That a CEO gets on air this la in the last few days and says that her $29 million salary is justified by her performance. No, yeah. it's not. It's justified by the performance of the worker on the backs of the workers and by paying them poverty wages. And that's unacceptable in this country. And Fain also said UAW workers believe in a green economy but want to be taken along and the profits made. Global News powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salama. We are here in Hong Kong. Our guest is Parker Roy, Chief Revenue Officer at Access Capital in Miami. So, Parker, we saw a big increase in bets last week that's kind of running on the opposite side of the higher for longer at the Fed. These bets are suggesting that the economy is going to hit the wall here sometime uh, by the early part of next year. And uh, these bets would make money uh, if the Fed has to cut rates uh, aggressively in before June of next year. Do you see that as, a, as just a hedge or a reasonable bet? Your thoughts on that? Uh, so thank you very much. Um, you know, look, we, we look at money supply 
and the inverted yield curve um, in its current environment. And, and it, it's very clear to us that there are significant recessionary pressures uh, mm. that are on the way, right? If you look at money supply, it's contracting. You look at the inverted yield curve, uh, and there is no doubt that there are recessionary pressures out there. So historically, that has predicted recession. However, money supply uh, has contracted to 20 trillion. That's still 4 trillion greater than where we were pre-pandemic. <clears throat> where I'm going with this is that there is a soft landing, we believe, with unemployment at, 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 at 3.8% here domestically in the US, with, with significant money supply mm. still in the markets, we think that there is a soft landing in the future. Mm. We think Powell uh, actually can pull this off. Well, it'd be quite something. But, you know, just going to the other side of the equation, you know, the market is pricing in some quite deep rate cuts next year, the latter part of next year. Uh, do you think that they're being rather optimistic? And do you think there's this belief there that we're going to return to the free money we had before when we may only just get a, you know, maybe 100 basis points or less, which is taking us back to what the old normal was? So, 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 so I'm, I'm in agreement. I think, uh, I think they are overly optimistic. Uh, you know, we've we've gone down. We've had a 500 basis point move to take inflation from 8% to 3%. Uh, the last mile is going to be a heavy lift, and um, you know, I think that we may see potentially higher before we see substantially lower. Uh, but look, it's not going to return to a zero interest rate environment. Uh, we think that things are going to normalize. Uh, and we move into a normalized environment uh, across the yield curve, a normalized environment across uh, inflation. Uh, but that's going to take time as we move into 24, into 25 and beyond. Why do you think after all the action we've seen from the Fed uh, and through all of this time, we don't seem to be any clearer to figuring out whether or not it's hard landing, soft landing or something, uh, you know, in between? Uh, look, <clears throat> you know, obviously this isn't, if it was easy, um, we'd we'd uh, we'd have much much clearer insight, right? I mean, what what Powell is trying to navigate here uh, with uh, all of the global macro issues, whether it's 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 a war in Europe, where it's it, it's China GDP growth at uh, now I think around five percent. You're looking at, uh, at U.S. GDP growth at two percent, uh, and navigating that arena uh, is 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 difficult and i think i think given those challenges um there has been a steady and measured uh he's been very transparent in what he's what he's attempted to achieve uh we're likely going to pause here and hold and let these let the lag effect take place which will uh which again i'll come back to our comment we believe that it will be a um uh a a softer landing than expected we certainly do not expect a hard landing hmm. I'm just going to ask uh, another question with regard to how the market is priced and what you do about this. If you take a, you know, an equal weighting of the S&P 500, for instance, excluding, of course, the big boys, the big tech uh, uh, companies, you'll see it's about 4% higher. That, that's indicative, really, of how narrow-based this market has gone up by, i.e. big tech. Now, is that in itself, with these other companies struggling to uh, eke out gains, uh, representative also of perhaps falling earnings, an earnings recession? And also, what do you do in this environment? Do you expect to come back from those companies and stay away from big tech or mega tech or remain there? 
Yeah, so look, the move in the S&P 500 has been driven by like the top five to seven firms. Um, and uh, and the market-weighted S&P 500 versus the equal-weighted S&P 500 uh, has certainly outperformed. Uh, look, in, a, in an environment where you have elevated interest rates, uh, we think that it actually represents opportunities for uh, the, the, the smaller and mid-sized caps. We actually at Access Capital, we focus on private markets. Uh, and we see a huge opportunity um, underway as we move towards these re recessionary pressures, as we move into um, more distress. Uh, we think there are substantial opportunities within yeah. private equity. We think there's okay. substantial opportunities within, within private credit. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.